is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Chris. And nobody. Of course, you can bring up anything that you want to discuss. We have uh, a lot to cover, as always, including the home prices are falling for the first time in three years and the biggest monthly decline since 2011. We can talk more about that. But uh, I wanted to kind of come back around to something that we've been talking about throughout the last week, and that is Karen, a real-life, actual, her name's Karen, Karen, who attacked uh, earlier this, this past weekend, she uh, she attacked the you state rep. Sorry, I had you muted there. Nobody, I was hearing you chewing, so <laughs> I still am hearing you chewing. She wanted to talk to the manager. Indeed, uh, and she did that. Uh, she sent a message to the state's uh, secretary of state's office, complaining to the ballot law commission uh, that she said that the the state representatives who had voted in favor of allowing the people of New Hampshire to vote. On the question of declaring peaceful independence, should not be allowed to hold office in the future. That's what happened. She put in that complaint. They had a meeting that was already slated for this week. So it was a regularly scheduled meeting, and they put her on the agenda. And you guys were there with me and roughly two dozen, I would say, other people that are freedom-oriented folks that showed up for this. And we talked a lot about it. I think yesterday on on the show, uh, since Bonnie was uh, was on with me and and she was there, but you guys were there too. So I wanted to kind of get you to weigh in and you know tell us what you thought about what uh, what transpired yesterday or Wednesday, I guess at this point. Yeah, well, I I was favorably impressed. Uh, they the the people who who met the the politicians, I guess, were were actually aware that there were limits on on their power and their authority and and they chose not to um you know not to not to strike out against free speech so uh so good for them you know they actually knew what their job was and uh it was uh it it, it was it was an interesting experience it it got me thinking about how to market secession. What we need to do is to get the vote started, convince a bunch of a bunch of leftists that it would be a great patriotic thing to do to have this vote, and then all go out and vote to stay in the United States. Well, um, and and that's the thing. It's like, what are they afraid of? These people want to keep secession off the ballot so badly. And I think that's because they know it's going to clock in much higher than they might want it to, right? They yeah. they want it to be in the single digits, and there's a good chance it's going to be in the, you know, 30% range if the poll that recently came out is anything to uh, to be an indicator. Actually, an interesting way to do the vote would be to do it on a blockchain and give you the ability to change positions, well, unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. I mean, the state doesn't change its uh, its go, its voting yeah. <laughs> system lightly. One thing at well, a time. <laughs> no, it's, it, the thing is, you don't have to use the uh, the state's voting system. What I'm saying is, you can actually develop your own voting system that's cryptographically secure, mm-hmm. uh, distributed, 
and uh, and basically shows how people really um, what value they really uh, they really put on their given side because the way they create their tokens that that they're betting is they have to find somebody on the other side. <laughs> I think the problem with that though nobody is the average person doesn't even understand bitcoin yet. So mm-hmm. to expect people to come on board with a obscure uh blockchain voting system at this point in the mm-hmm. game seems a little well the thing is early. people don't understand money either. They don't understand dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh but they understand games. Yeah, that's true. How uh, I mean, I don't want to get too far off onto this this side tangent, but you know, we've heard the idea of blockchain voting proposed before. Uh, Greg from New York, for instance, with Intercoin, has been talking about that as something that that he wants to make possible with the whole Intercoin thing. And I don't know where Intercoin is right now with its development. It's I, I don't think it's come out yet. Um, there may be existing systems that have already been released for this. We know that with decentralized autonomous organizations, as they're called, they have voting systems. Those mm-hmm. are in place. If you have a decentralized autonomous system, there are organization. There are software platforms to allow for this uh the folks over at dash were i think one of the the earliest innovators in this way but the real question becomes then let's say you have software okay Mm -hmm. and let's say that part's done how do you verify the people i mean because it's usually when you're dealing with a blockchain it doesn't matter who you're talking about because it's all anonymous anybody can get into the Mm -hmm. game there's no permission slip that you need but if you're going to have a a number of ways that you can do it you can do something similar to what was called the pgp web of trust where people signed <laughs> each other's keys, oh um, and so dude, basically- we can barely get people to <laughs> we can barely get people to hold on to one key uh, mm-hmm. to get them into our chat server. People are effing that well, up constantly. That's that's fine because we're not trying to build. Uh, a, a social club in the basement of Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be that secure. Uh, be- uh, but basically... The, well, we're talking about a voting system. I would think it would need to be secure. Don't um, A lot of people get very concerned when they talk yeah. about voting fraud and things like that. Well, There's a lot of concern about that. It still would be way more secure than we got, though, is I think what you... It's it's not the same sort of security because mm-hmm. basically you're 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 not doing it to take something you're you you're doing it to leave a mark. Yeah, I so mean, you don't have to be able to get yeah, at it later, it, it, and you don't have to add content to it later, <laughs> and and you do it with proof of stake. This is this is something that happens behind the scenes. Like your average person is not going to be interacting with it. You have to. That's why software has interfaces, and they right, don't just right, say, right, "Oh, right, right, like, well, if you want to sort your messages in reverse order, just hack the C." I mean, no. um, <laughs> look, 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 yes, this is the, this is the thing. I, I, I like, like if we talk about Bitcoin right um you know no we're talking about a bitcoin cash token so (laughs) mostly people don't even have to understand the the point yeah the point that i want to make here but you can write any piece of software give it any interface you want and have it be a wallet under the covers you could you could write uh freaking pokemon go and and use a bitcoin cash token as your underlying points uh, to as, as a scorekeeping system, it's they're virtually 
free. And if other people figure out how to use it for other things, they can. And if they don't, they don't have to. People don't understand how the current system works when it comes they to voting. They don't have behind, to understand it. If you have to understand software to use it, it's not done yet. Okay, people don't, let me finish what I'm saying. People don't have to understand the current system. They certainly don't have to understand blockchain in order to use Bitcoin, um, at, you know, at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. it's, this is this is all stuff, and, and the GPG Web of Trust thing, have, sure, that will work, except you don't have to have the mm-hmm. user understand it. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And and the thing right. is... Okay, I get what you're saying. Obviously, People use Cash App every day. There's no reason that Cash App... Couldn't couldn't run a cryptocurrency. It couldn't just be a yeah. a, 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 sure. a cryptocurrency wallet that was hard coded yeah. to talk to one people stable. People don't coin. have to understand the details behind it in order to use it. I can drive a car without knowing how to put exactly. one together. Exactly. No doubt about it. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying, but you're talking about changing an entire voting system over to something brand new. And even if you can come up with the software and make it easy for the the user to use, you're going to have huge hurdles to get through in order to. Get get it accepted by this stodgy hurdles, old system yeah, the hurdles the hurdles get easy when you have a lot of cash to uh pay off the you know the people that be to get your systems in there in How the first about place i get what you're saying system um, and what we're lacking ideas. is that i assert this is a fact want to bet yeah so you each place a bet and as more people and as people move back and forth, the value of those bets change. The number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. I wanted to talk a little bit more about Karen. Uh, yeah, we me can too. continue with that here <laughs> in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And the features over there are waiting for you. Lots of different stuff, including uh, the social networking site that we have running. You can go to social.freetalklive.com. You can interact with some of the hosts of this show, as well as other listeners there once again that's social.freetalklive.com if you're interested in starting down the road of learning about cryptocurrency and and you guys are correct you don't need to know how the underworkings work you don't need to know how bitcoin is programmed in order to understand some of the basic concepts of decentralization uh you know not having a government in charge of money what are some of the benefits of using these cryptocurrencies and you can do that by going and clicking get started at the top of the page at bitcoin.com and they will help you understand the basics there. Now, you can dig as deep as you want into this topic. Mm-hmm. I mean, by all means, if you're a programmer type, you're probably going to be fascinated by the, the cryptography yeah. and all the, the details. But you don't have to go that deep. And, and they can start you out at Bitcoin.com. Just click Get Started. Yeah. For people who do want to go uh, go deeper, there's going to be a upcoming uh, podcast that I'm going to be calling uh, Free, Ta- Free Tech Live. And it's... It's designed to be very different from this show. It's going to be in-depth technical discussions about implementations, and it will be tied to to an actual uh, code base. There will be nothing stopping you from going all the way into the weeds, (laughs) getting totally lost. Exactly. And maybe never coming back. (laughs) Maybe never coming back, but if I never come back, it's because I found other people where I ended up that actually... Uh, were ready, willing, and able to implement it there. You, you know, you know, nobody. I, 
I, I think this is a very, very hard one to sell to me. However, I think you might be onto something mm-hmm. here. Uh, because people watch like on YouTube, other people programming or other people playing sure. video games or whatever. So you might yeah. be onto something. You and, just need to do it on Odyssey rather than on YouTube. Uh, yeah, and and the thing is, it may well be that if I don't have uh, callers, if I and and I don't have some great design idea to talk about, I may just sit there and refactor the cell four one one code mm-hmm. and explain what I'm doing to the audience. Which that's cool. The nice yeah. thing about explaining something is, as you're doing it to somebody who halfway understands it, is that uh, it keeps you clear on what you're doing and why. Right, you have to know a thing in order to teach it. Right? Yeah, as as you describe it to somebody, you see the holes in it, and they see the holes in it. So uh, that will be coming maybe at some point soon. We haven't really talked about that's a fresh idea that you just cooked up tonight, I think. Uh, So but we were talking about the whole Karen thing and you guys were both there on Wednesday for this meeting of the Ballot Law Commission where Karen got smacked down by a five to zero decision. And they sent her home with not at all what she wanted. She wanted them to kick the uh, 13 people who had voted for CACR 32, which was the independence bill earlier this year, that would have allowed people to vote on the question. Mm-hmm. It didn't pass, sadly. It was 300-something against 13, so it was like 360 versus 13. So we got a way, We have a ways to go, but this woman was livid about this, and oh, she yeah. gave a lengthy, boring, uh, you know, rambling presentation to this committee, ultimately to only have the committee come back and say, that's not our jurisdiction and and Have one nice of day. the attorney generals of of New Hampshire was he the attorney general assistant he yeah. was an assistant yeah. okay he was an assistant attorney general but he still came in and basically uh said that as far as the state of New Hampshire is concerned you're doing nothing wrong to have these discussions and that's good because as people have these uh, discussions, you always have to, have to wonder, is somebody going to call this treason or sedition? Um, but at least in New Hampshire, apparently not. I was thrilled uh, with Karen's attempt to bring attention to the New Hampshire independence movie through this. Yeah, you thanked her crazy, for it. Yeah, uh, this crazy, mm-hmm. I, you know, attempt to throw, th- you know, you have to wonder, how do we get more Karens on our marketing you know, team for independence, yeah. right? Like, Do more stuff. Right. But it's, get more people, it's what, win more votes. It's what, it's what Karen is doing that's bringing all the attention. She I made mean, it possible, right? Yeah. So how do we get more of her on our marketing? You know, well, <laughs> we don't want any Karens on our team. I mean, I don't well, know. No, it brings we don't that kind want of attention. them on our team. <laughs> right. We want them on the other right. team, uh, howling like the lady at the Trump inauguration and letting everybody know that something's going on in New Hampshire. I mean, exactly. what did we have, like five or six uh, media outlets there? Five, at least, that I yeah. uh, counted later on. And mm-hmm. and the, thing, the point you're making one here, One of nobody, them actually talked to our side. I think there was more than one that did. Uh, the point you're making, though, is if these Karens are howling about all the freedom activism happening here in New Hampshire, that mm-hmm. actually signals a warning 
to the like-minded friends of theirs that might have considered leaving California and moving to New Hampshire or leaving yeah. New York and moving to New Hampshire. If they find out there's a bunch of gun-toting secessionists mm-hmm. hanging around and are actually <laughs> making an impact in New Hampshire, that's mm-hmm. going to be a turnoff to those people yeah. and make them not want to come here. It's like when I see somebody, some rando on, on Reddit, for example, uh, in in uh, our New Hampshire, oh, there's some bad saying bad that uh, saying, "Oh, I'm thinking of moving to New Hampshire. What's it like?" I say, "Well, you know, there's a lot of people who just carry a gun with them wherever they go. So <laughs> that's going to make you uncomfortable. This probably isn't the place for you, yeah. um, you know, and and just that kind of thing. People are really." into their freedom here you don't see it much on reddit but uh but the rest of us are yeah the uh quote that comes to mind by i guess you could sort of call him another karen is every other house has an arsenal in it even yeah Um, that one uh i think it was like an fbi agent or something oh um during a particular raid here recently got it and Mm. uh yeah so yeah yeah and and that's the thing uh Sometimes your bug is somebody else's feature mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Know? So they're doing marketing for us without even realizing that they're marketing. Right. For us. It's, it's not and the first time. It either. would be great if we could, if we could, uh, if we could return the favor. Mm. Okay. By, you know, getting, finding a bunch of libertarians in a state that's getting more and more socialists. Basically uh, all of them. To basically scream about how socialist it's getting here in particular and try and start a, a good free lunch project to... Uh, attract to, them, you mean? To uh, attract yes, the Karens. To, to get them to, get them to, <laughs> to move there. Mm-hmm. Start, start an anarcho-communist version of the uh, free state project in a different state. Well, there is a free lunch project. I mean, that is a thing Well, that, that's a parody, though. But they're still trying to do what you're talking about. They, mm-hmm. uh, they do go... I think there's also one called the Progressive State Project. Right. Uh, oh, that's are, I don't know if they're run by the same people or whatever. I don't but know. They... The Progressive State Project, I guess, is less over the top, mm-hmm. so it's not as obvious as, as satire. But what you would really need to get it, get it to take off is somebody who really believed that they could form a socialist utopia to pick up the ball and run with it. I mean, didn't this already happen in the 70s? We have Vermont, right? And Vermont might be the right place for it. Imagine it would be nice having two states seceding side by side and tell people, hey, if you don't like New Hampshire without a welfare state, go to Vermont and we'll take your capitalists. Hold that thought, whatever it's going to be. Chris, we'll continue in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Bring up whatever you want to talk about, 603-283-6160. We are continuing to discuss Karen and this woman who just did us a huge favor this weekend, uh, inadvertently. she I don't think this was her intention, 
but she really yeah, thought... Yeah, our enemies. Yeah, she really thought she was going to get somewhere with this complaint that she had about the 13 state reps who had voted in favor of allowing the people of New Hampshire to vote on the question of declaring peaceful independence from the United States. She got a butt, uh, mm. a little butt hurt over that, and she just, she said to the, uh, the Secretary she of State... She should have read our survey before she... Went after that. The survey showing that a lot of New Hampshire people support independence? Yeah. Because the only way she was going to win that Hail Mary is if everybody thought it was an awful idea. And a lot of people are talking about national divorce these days. Well, they are. But that didn't factor into the decision of the the uh, the board that we saw the other down Wednesday. Yeah. They were really just taking it from the question of mm-hmm. this isn't really our jurisdiction. That's essentially what they came back to her and said, look, you've got a question about yeah. constitutional issues, lady, and we just are here to interpret the ballot mm-hmm. law. They, they, so but they, the thing is, if they'd been angry enough at what we were trying to do, mm-hmm. they might have made a different decision. If you piss people off enough, yeah, they will abuse be. their power. They did, one of them did say, at least two of them made it pretty clear they were anti-secession. So. Yeah, right. they, they seemed to be like they were they were being consistent with past uh, decisions. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they, they didn't want to open but a Pandora's box. But the thing is, box. they don't have to be uh, no, they don't. consistent no, they don't, with but... past decisions. And there are reasons people make the right choice and, and the wrong choice. And I think one of the reasons is that this is no longer outside the Overton window. Maybe, I... but I don't think those those old guys on that panel knew about that poll. I don't think they're aware yeah. of the support that this issue they has. They may not have known about that poll, but if they're on Twitter, they're seeing <laughs> national see divorce trend were, they were every on day. You were in the same room with My us, right? My dad is 95. Five and he was on Twitter a couple of years ago. I don't know if he still is. I mean, it is true that it's not impossible for uh, for elderly folks to use computers. It's certainly more common these days than it was twenty years ago uh, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that said, I didn't get the impression. Maybe they've that, got a middle aged kid who's yeah, filling them be, in. Could be. Uh, but but still, like they did make overt comments that were against secession yeah. in that case. And and what they said was that they didn't want to open a Pandora's box. And give something to this lady, which would then open up anybody who had a complaint about anything that the state reps did as state reps, which is just to say that mm-hmm. putting in legislation and voting for legislation, whether that mm-hmm. legislation is unconstitutional or constitutional, you could you could have a ton of people coming in there trying to disqualify sure. other state reps. And I don't mm-hmm. think they wanted that. But so. I'll bet that if we were actually forming, for example, the KKK party. If we were trying to form that, Which we wouldn't do. They would have. Well, no, of course we wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's completely opposed to our ideas. Yeah. But if we were trying to do that, that may well have shocked their conscience enough that they said, "Oh, we're just going to break the I rules and you squash know, I, I, You know, you know what? Nobody. I, I think if this was a court of law, you'd probably be right on this issue. I don't necessarily think in this particular case with the ballot commission they just didn't seem like they felt like they had that type that's not what they did that wasn't their job right say we're starting the um, minor attracted people's party yeah i don't know they again don't... Not, not something i want to do not something <laughs> i want anything to do with but i'm just making the point that if you if if you if you push the right buttons most people will say to hell with principle i, I think if this was a court of law I think you're right, but it wasn't really that. It's it's a commission which sort of does deal with the law, but it wasn't 
constitutional. It was very specific as to ballots, and this wasn't this wasn't really within within that. I mean, they they couldn't stretch it even if they wanted to. I want to bring Ridley on the line here. He he wasn't calling in about this particular issue tonight, although uh, we did have his comments on it yesterday. Ridley, uh, he was also in attendance, and his video is great. By the way, I watched it last night. Uh, you can see it. Just go to nhexit.us. All the footage, by the way, from this incident with the Karen is up. It's posted over at nhexit.us. My video is probably close to I yelled to it. at her a little. Yep, and that's in there. Uh, the, uh, the My footage, which has a little bit of your footage in it, Chris, uh, you were filming during the part where we confronted her when she left the building, so we had multiple angles there. Uh, there was... Uh, my that's all right, Charlie. I, re- I got an angle. I recorded the footage of the actual meeting, got some of the uh, speech from Alu Axelman up, up front during the rally, and then uh, I was actually lurking and recording during the interview they, that uh, some of the mainstream media, the NBC affiliate from Boston, did of Matt Santanastasso. Ridley's footage is close to a half hour long. It's a lot of ambush interviews, because while we were in the meeting, Ridley was out in the hallway, and he was confronting these bureaucrats and politicians as they went in or out of the uh, the meeting. So nice. literally between our two videos, you get full coverage of of almost everything that transpired there of relevance. So I, you know, I have to say, I, I, I wish we didn't have to do ambush interviews in order to try to get an interview. Because, but they won't talk to you. You know, well, they, it's well like, eventually we won't have to. But the thing is, right now, uh. Right now, they they still see us as the underdog, but mm-hmm. they see us as a dangerous underdog. As we get more and more popular, they're going to have to come out and and address what we have to say. Ridley, do you want they want to convince people? Do you want to comment on your uh, your interviews? Because you did get at least one guy to comment, a uh, state representative who gave you a bunch of. Uh, responses or a lengthy response, but most of them, yeah, weren't weren't really interested in talking at all. Any comments on that? Yeah, well, you know what, what Rich was saying, you know, about the fact that he was yelling a little bit at Karen. If you stop and think about it, what, what Rich was talking about was how how she was ultimately kind of supporting the government that did the Iraq War, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I was thinking, what made what I thought about as I was driving home, I thought, you know, there are a million people killed because of the American invasion of Iraq and there were some that were tortured and they don't have a voice and Rich Paul gave them a voice yesterday. Yeah. yeah and they didn't want to hear it. They heard it, but they definitely did not feel comfortable. They slinked away as quickly mm-hmm. as they possibly could. If you take, um, you know, maybe Iraq and Afghanistan together, they probably killed the entire population of New Hampshire and people. Yeah, seems about right. There's a million oh, and a half of us. Yeah, um, that's no, that was actually one of the estimate. It was something like a million people, and I think it was Iraq. But yeah, that, it was a million people in Iraq alone. Right, right. Women and children, I believe it was. If you add up and, conflicts, you'll eventually yep. get to the population yeah, of they, New Hampshire. They basically they and almost, that would be a really interesting publicity yeah, stunt. Yeah, they, they basically wiped out the population of, or maybe got close to it, the population of New Hampshire. Speaking of warmongers, did you guys Iraq hear? There's uh, there's been a hubbub on Twitter around the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire account recently. They posted, I think it was yesterday, an image of John McCain's daughter crying at his funeral and said, Happy Holidays. And it's been blowing up. They actually got 
McCain's daughter to retweet and comment on what they were saying and it's just they've gotten like over 1600 follows yeah. in the last 24 hours wow so many people are <laughs> mad about that well say what you will about Trump Trump was a world class troll mm-hmm. and he knew how to get people talking about him you know, and and sadly the easiest way to do that is to piss them off until they lose you know, their there, judgment there's i think there's something to this uh you know this sort of messaging like some people some libertarians it seems like they we need a free state like project for chan um that they didn't like this imagery right that's because they're appeasers right those are the those are the people that that respect the system and want to be right. seen as respectful to it and an example of this before you go before you go nobody is uh there was a state rep i'm not going to name names but there was a state rep sitting near bonnie the other day at this hearing we were talking about and when people were speaking and just kind of having a good time and talking in there at one point uh he said something like you guys need to be quiet you need to be respectful or something like that <laughs> and and supposedly he's one of the liberty reps quote unquote but that's the difference and ridley i know you're calling about something i don't else, have so to respect you government right that's that's the difference between like sort of the keen activists and why a lot of people hate us and so there's like two types of activists there's the type of activists that yeah, we'll use the system, but we don't like it, and we're not going to pretend to like it. And then there's the type of activist that wants to appease the people within the system to gain whatever sort of political points that they can. There's we need more both up. kinds. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. You can bring up whatever you want to talk about at 603-283-6160. We're talking about uh, the Karen and the benefits that she has brought to us. We really ought to send her some flowers or maybe some chocolate-covered strawberries or something like that since we have her home address uh, and her uh, you know, contact right. information. <laughs> she was very public about that. Yeah, well, she had to be. She, she filed a public complaint against the state rep. She can't do that anonymously, so she Ooh. had to give up her, her personal information. But I, I, you thanked her personally when she came out the door that footage by the way because she didn't you know they actually tried to block your camera oh, and they it was did. ridiculous uh, which, that is, which is humorous the because they had a camera yeah, that sure. was filming us of course it's like you know it's it's funny uh because they were alluding in the in the one story they were alluding to us stalking uh, you know, stalking them, and it's like, well, hold on a second. First of all, we they didn't do... use that word. No, they didn't. But no. that was what they were. That's what they were implying. Mm. And first of all, we weren't doing anything different than any other media outlet. Second, well, okay. I, I mean, mean, they were forcing us to, you know, yeah, you know, try maybe you to... weren't doing something different. I had intended to, you know, give her uh, a piece of my mind. And in my case, I wanted to thank her. That's that was what I kept trying to say. But one of the things that happened at the end of the video was it's kind of the like there's a the benefit to having multiple activists is you catch them from multiple angles and right. they're going to definitely not be able to ignore you. Sure. The downside is 
you don't have any kind of pre-planned plan as to who's going to say what. So it's like nobody was talking and you were talking and I might wanted to say something and then Ridley was talking and it was hard to get it was hard for everybody to get what they wanted to say in before she got into her car. So it is a bit of a cacophony. But she put herself in that situation by by not stopping by not giving us an opportunity to communicate with her and ask for you know an interview and be really clear about it. But really, that's all we were asking for. And you know, it's it's like you. she went up there. She spoke publicly, right? You would think she's a public person, and mm-hmm. she's acting as a public person. She should she should behave like somebody who's you know. Uh, you well, know, but she give... knows that we're not her friends, and that we're not going to give sure. her a fair shake, right? Or which whatever. is why, so which is why, no interest for her to stop and have a right. chat. Which is why you know we had to you know sort of uh, you know wait for her mm-hmm. for for uh, what half an mm-hmm. hour or whatever until the thing was over right. in order to, but because we didn't want to go in and be disruptive or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, that wouldn't have worked out very well. No. Well, so, you know, it's... It, <laughs> but to say we were stalking her or implied that... Which she didn't say. No, she didn't, but she implied it. I'll tell you what, if, if, you're, a, if you're a New Hampshire uh, uh, politician of some sort, or you just have some ideas as to how things ought to work... I'll I'll argue with you on on the air interview. You yeah, that'd be great. Ma- but maybe they don't want that. Get your message out a little. The, the only way you can get these people to debate is if you are running against them for an office that they've never held before, and then they feel obligated they have to they have to debate you. So if you look right now at the U.S. Senate debate, you've got Bruce Fenton, who's a free stater who's been killing it. He's been doing a great job. I've seen some of the clips mm-hmm. uh, from his debates. He's not holding back. He's he's basically Ron Paul in this thing, and he's uh, coming mm-hmm. at it as principled as possible but the reason why those other people in that that race have to talk to him is because he's getting invited to debates and if they want to have their chance to win they have to show up if they're already elected i mean alu axelman points this out in his speech which you can see at nhexit.us from from wednesday at this rally alu has tried and tried to get someone to debate him now it doesn't even have to be a state rep even though there's 400 of them or whatever anybody who wants to debate him about secession he wants to but they don't want to and and they don't have to because they're already the ones that are in charge. They're yeah. the ones that are I, sitting pretty. I mean, this what is- if we did uh, peer pressure? What if we found, for example, uh, the most aggressively anti um, anti secession uh, leftist in the state of New Hampshire? Right now, the that's person- Karen. Huh? Right now, that's Karen. Okay, so basically. Um, the the thing is, just approach her and say, hey, do you want to get your word out to people? We'll let you have 10 minutes on the air to tell Here, your side of the story. She doesn't need us. And, and, That's and, right. And here's why. The Republicans and the Democrats, they own the media. They keep us out every single election just about now i think there was this last one where we can, they did let us in. Well, but they're putting most Bruce of the time, on. We yeah, can produce the more interesting don't. stuff. None of, none of our listeners are watching the mainstream media. They're listening to us. All right, hold that thought. Uh, let's go to somebody else who's uh, one of the independents. He's still on the line with us. Ridley, I, I know you were calling for some other reason. If you want to comment on whatever that was, please go ahead. Uh, yeah, just going back slightly. I think we, I think you're underselling us in the sense that most of us would give them a fair shake if they wanted to talk, and it would just be a conversation. They'd get to talk, we get to talk, and I don't think their comments would be cut out or anything like that. I gave Tim Horgan a their shake you know and he you did yeah that's true but they don't know that know. they don't know that let them bring uh, their own camera guy so you each get a full uncaught copy that's a fair of the thing. software they, sure they assume or, we're going to use the, the same show. tactics that they use 
which yeah, that's yeah, true. Which well, is why, course, which is why they don't do. want to talk to us. Well, and by fair shake, I mean I didn't cut out a single word he said, and I hardly ever do, you know, with anyone that I talk talk to on camera. But yeah, I was calling about something else, it's sort of independence related. You know, one of the independent reps is Mike Sylvia, mm-hmm. um, who co-sponsored the, the, the constitutional amendment on independence. He did, and uh, uh, you know, one way we can help him is to make sure that they're still in the news. Um, and uh, so he's been under a lot of fire for uh, what's like his his participation in the management of Gunstock Ski Resort. Are you are you familiar with this? Yeah. Situation? Yeah, Gunstock is a state-owned ski resort in the Lakes region, I think. And uh, actually, the Porcupine Freedom Festival was held there two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was originally at the Rogers Campground. The first two campground. years I went to it Me too. those two Me years. Too. Uh, and then it moved out back to Rogers Campground, which is a privately owned facility. So much better. Much better choice. <laughs> uh, but there's been some hubbub about the government management there. And I, I don't know if Mike Sylvia is trying to sell the place or all the details. They've but- been talking about trying to do what has been done with some other New Hampshire ski resorts specifically that are, that are still owned by the government, mm-hmm. but they're now leased to private companies that operate hmm. them. Um, I think they should just sell the whole thing. But what is uh, your understanding of the situation there, Ridley? Yeah, apparently it's sort of the long arm of Franklin dead Roosevelt coming to coming to get revenge on us for trying to downsize the government. Apparently he was the one that had that, that thing built. Uh, and given over to the government, right? It was a New Deal project. Oh, God. And so apparently Works Project Administration? Yeah, apparently you can't get rid of these things, right? And, and, really? it always, and the fact that it's run by the government means that it's always contentious and it's political and everything. Uh, so I don't know exactly what he was trying to do as state rep. He has some degree of oversight as a state rep. Um, the, the, the governance structure is very complex. He was on I mean, some you, smaller committee that was directly overseeing gun stock, I can explain as I it. understand So it. when you're a state representative, you have another role that doesn't get talked about very much, but you are on the county, I believe it's called committee or something like that. So all the state reps from Belknap County sit on that particular committee and they make decisions regarding budgetary things from from what i understand i've never actually been to one of these meetings i don't know how god-awful boring uh that they are but they i mean was some pull wasn't one of the issues is that like gunstock has never been they've never been able to audit it or something so we well they've never been audited and <laughs> they found that they were making campaign contributions to, to the governor yeah Ooh, that's yeah, problematic it's dirty the government yeah there's it's, some dirty stuff going on they it's well, it's also, been claimed by the people who should know that it's that it's legal, but I'm not entirely sure. Hmm. There's also now some kind of political action committee associated with, you know, or allied with in some way with the uh, with the gun stock uh, lobby, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, it, it all becomes political. Like you know, you don't going to market basket isn't usually political. You know, right. political when you're shopping at Walmart. Man, when you're dealing with gun stock, I guess it's all political for almost a century right now. and these people are targeting uh, mike sylvia that, they're trying to get him yeah, out of office use, use use his efforts at reform to try and knock him out of power but i just don't the situation is very complicated and after listening to two or three media reports on it i still can't tell you what, yeah. what's going on i can just tell you mike sylvia is under fire and he 
He's one of our friends, and I do tend to trust him. Well, all I know about it is uh, is I heard that the governor himself, Chris Sununu, attacked Mike Sylvia by name in a uh, an online post or some sort of a letter that he sent out. And so when I saw Mike at the there's a Liberty dinner for the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, I went up and I shook his head and I said, "Congratulations, the governor himself is yeah. calling you by name and attacking <laughs> you." You know, you know, you're doing something right yeah. when you've got the people that you're. You know, you, 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 Mike Sylvia lit a fire. You know, under yeah, that, Sununu's mm-hmm. behind, and, and clearly he got a reaction from it. And he also yeah. got in the news because he didn't stand up for the pledge, apparently, at some meeting in <laughs> Belknap. And the same group you're talking about, Ridley, the Citizens for Gunstock or whatever the hell they are, uh, they put out a whole blog post about it. <gasps> Mike Sylvia didn't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. He's a secessionist. And it's just like, man, I wish we had another 100 reps with that level of right? uh, courage. Mm. Thank you, Rid- uh, Ridley, for the call tonight. The number is 603-283-6160. But we'll get there. We just need more principled, liberty-minded folks to migrate here uh, as part of the Free State Project or just on your own volition. Come on up because there's nowhere else you should be. More coming up. Gold and silver. You can own the most stable assets in recorded history with bullionmax.com. Buy direct from bullionmax.com without talking to a salesperson and your precious metals ship fully insured direct to your home. Free Talk Live can get you their silver starter kit at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. It includes five ounces of the most desirable silver products. This offer is limited to one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And don't forget, tomorrow night after Free Talk Live has wrapped up its radio show starting at 1030 Eastern Time, episode two of Beard Talk Live. Episode three. Wait, there was a third? Oh, a I'm sorry. No, the first one we did was actually a, uh, it was a regular episode of Free Talk Live. But, but we called it that. Oh, you mean One when, Friday, when you the were three in, of us were yeah. on the air together. That's and right. We that's jokingly right. called it Beard, Beard Doc Live. This would be the uncensored version, the one that yes. is internet only, and you guys are doing special uh, for the internet. You can uh, you can get the archive of that. By the way, I did release that archive via our podcast, so it's actually the first episode of Freer Talk Live that has ever been released via the Free Talk Live podcast. You've got extra listeners nice. later on uh, because of that. So I think we'll keep that going because a lot of people were interested in hearing that. Uh, but if you want to listen to it live, mark your calendar for 1030 at night Eastern time. It'll be on our Odyssey stream and whichever other video platforms haven't banned us. Uh, you can get that <laughs> over at video.freetalklive.com. And if you want to go straight to the watch page for the actual episode, you go to watch freetalklive.com it'll take you right to the actual stream at that time it's again beard talk live with nobody with uh peakless mountaineer and captain kickass mm-hmm. all on together so look forward to that uh so you can bring up anything you want to talk about I, did we cover the karen thing effectively enough was there more that you guys wanted to say about mm-hmm. the whole karen situation here in new hampshire uh not really but uh Karen, if you're listening and and you want to get your get your uh, ideas out, come and debate me. Yeah, that would be great. I, I would really. I'm a master debater. I would love to see it. I mean, the the free staters have been trying to have conversations. I mean, there was no doubt that 
some of us wanted to confront Karen in a dramatic fashion because that makes an entertaining video. After well, I mean, that's mostly because you that she just wanted to, to talk to the I mean, manager. If these people would just interview us properly, we but they're never going to do that. They, they know they're not. They feel like they're not going to get a fair shake. And now Ridley pointed out that he would give someone a fair shake if they would just talk to him. But they don't know that. They're incredibly paranoid. And I think you pointed this out, Chris. They believe that we are going to do to them what they would do to us. Right. Mm, so yeah. uh, it, it actually brings me back to the protest that some of us went to here in Keene, maybe it was like two months ago at this the, point. The there one was, by the Democrats? Yeah, there was a group of Democrats yeah. that came to Keene Central Square and they had a anti-free state project protest. Well, I found the organizer of that protest who I'd never met before. He's a Democrat here in the area, a gentleman who of uh, Middle Eastern descent. And I went up to him and I said, hey, I'd like to interview you. And he said, you know, who are you with? And I told him, free yep. Keene. And, uh, and he didn't object which i was surprised about like i thought for sure he would say oh no i I, i'm not going to talk to you but so he gave me the interview and then a half an hour later he comes up to me (laughs) after someone had obviously spoken to him about who i was and he said oh i I didn't know who you were at the time when i gave you that interview (laughs) and i would like to request that you not use it (laughs) Hmm. And because I don't know if you're going to edit it. And I said, well, listen, you know, I will tell you, I will not edit the interview if I decide to use it. Ultimately, I decided not to use it just because it was boring. Yeah. Um, like I didn't have any real reason to to run the thing. I didn't do it because he asked me to. It was just like I didn't want to include it in our video. It was already long enough. It just wasn't yep. it wasn't worth doing. But it was interesting because he came up to me a second time later and again tried to persuade me just like to 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 not use his interview please you know i i don't consent to you using my well look dude you already gave me the interview i'll yeah. do what i want with it um you know and it's up to me at this point but it was just so ridiculous the way that uh, they were so paranoid about it then that's just how they are so they're not going to most of them who know the sort of know that we're a known quantity and, they're not going to talk to us they're so top down they're afraid you know? uh they're, they're top afraid. down they they get their orders from above right and the they second, can't think for themselves the second we need to find the top karen mm. yeah the second they realize oh i didn't listen to whoever's above me they like you know, it's like, oh, I got to fix this. They get in like, trouble. Yeah, like... <sighs> their handler Yeah, their upset. handler, yeah. That's, That's exactly what happened, because somebody, somebody there, even though he was the chairman of the Cheshire Democrats, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he went to this one older lady mm-hmm. who's been around Keene, because this guy's new. I, when I talked to him, one of the questions I asked him yep. was, are you originally from here? And I didn't just ask him that because he was a brown-skinned person. I would have asked. <laughs> I was asking everybody I talked to whether yeah. or not that was the case. I interviewed another, like a white dude from Dublin, and he also had moved here from uh, from somewhere a else. A lot of people have moved here from somewhere else, yeah. so it's not that's not really that unusual. But I I, I like getting that on the record, yeah, right? because right. they they attack us because we moved here to try to change things. Right. When that's exactly, of course, what they are doing. Well, right, and I understand why you're asking it. It's yeah. because we're always being attacked for not being from around right. here or whatever and it's like well first of all you've i mean a lot of us have actually been here you know 10 some of us right. have been here 20 years or more some of us even came before the free state project existed Correct. um so you know it's like and there's also a lot of you know natives uh you know that also support you know support the free staters and are, if there weren't are, we would are, never get anywhere right are, are basically one of us yeah um if, if if not one of us they just couldn't move for something because it was new hampshire was the place that was picked for the free state project so yep 
So uh, anyway, the, the point is that, yeah, these guys are completely controlled from the top. There was somebody who who told him, hey, you need to be careful. You can't just be giving interviews to anybody with a video camera. You need to come talk <laughs> to me first because I know who the right people are. And uh, this spread out to a group called uh, Stop Free Keen years ago where a local guy who is not one of our people, quote unquote, he's just a local uh, media personality. He wanted to create a new show over at the Cheshire TV, which is the cable access channel at the time. It's now out of business. But uh, at the time, he wanted to make a show called Monadnock Showdown. And he wanted to invite in to the show people on two different sides of an issue, right? So whatever the issue is, like, oh, we ought to build this parking lot. Get the guy that's on the favor of it and the guy that's against the parking lot, right? Like, to, whatever the local piddly little issue in the town politics is he would have the people on both sides and so he wanted to do his first episode about free keen and so he went he contacted me and i knew who he was we'd had a conversation previously he actually happened to be like one of the dads that got screwed by the court system so that's kind of how i i got to know him years years ago but that was the only thing that i'd ever reported on him for but he was on the free keen blog if you searched for his name from like you know nine years prior to this Uh uh-huh and so he contacted me to invite me on his show, and he contacted the Stop Free Keen hate group and asked them to send a representative to be on the show, and they were going to you know, have us debate or whatever, right? Guess what? They wouldn't. No, they wouldn't appear. They wouldn't. I, no, I, they, of were so, not. they were completely paranoid. They said, well, we have to bring it up with our our council or whatever, because it's always, you know, <laughs> a, the elite that are in control of a, the larger group. So there's this inner circle of people. They had to talk about this issue and they had to talk about whether or not they wanted to do it. And they researched him and they came back to him and they said, well, it looks like you are on Ian Freeman's side. We found an article at freekeen.com with your <laughs> name on it. And, and he was going to be totally fair right like he's just a local talk show guy you know and uh, and so they absolutely refused what they told him was we'll go on your show but not with ian freeman you have to you can do your interview with ian one week and then you can bring us on the next week to respond so they wanted to have the whole hour to themselves <laughs> they wanted the last word where they would have the last word <laughs> yeah. and he just said that's not our vision for the show. That's not what I want to do with my show. You don't get to tell me how to run my show. No, you don't get to come on. If you're not, if you know, if you want to come on the show, you come on. You sit in the same room with Ian Freeman and you have a conversation with two moderators. And they just wouldn't do it. Mm. So they didn't. So so he invited me in. Since they wouldn't come in, I got to come in and be a lone <laughs> guest on the, on the show for an hour. It was amazing. Uh, but that's the kind of people we're dealing with here. They have no defensible position. And they don't want to show that, so they don't want to have a simple conversation. Like when you look at the – when they have these seminars about the Free State Project, which the, some of the Democrats oh, yeah. have been doing, they used to open it up to anyone who wanted to come in from the, from the public. But now they've been locking it down because what happened the first few times was Free Staters came in and they started making good points and they started responding to the lies and the misinformation that these Democrats were spewing from oh, the yeah. stage. And they can't have that. Nope. They can't have a lie being rebutted. There's more coming up here in moments. If you want to join the show. Truth is treason and the empire alive. The number is 603-283-6160. And you can take control of the airwaves here. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. 
The number is 603-283-6160. Freedoms Phoenix is your source for all news, economic news, government overreach, insane government spending, and more. You can get today's headlines in one place and from a fresh libertarian perspective. You can find that more over at freedomsphoenix.com. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. Uh, it's Ian, Chris, and nobody in the studio here tonight. We, we're talking about some of the haters here in New Hampshire. And you have to remember the old saying, and I don't, I don't know who gets credit for this. It's been around for so long. First they ignore you. Then they laugh at Gandhi. you. Was it Gandhi? Yep. Then they fight you. Then, then you win. You win. And we are in the fighting phase. Phase three is happening here in New Hampshire, and it has been for some time, but it's even heavier now than it ever has been. It used to just be happening in Keene. It used to be a decade ago. It used to be the haters were only here in Keene. The rest of the state didn't know anything about uh, the Free State Project, with the exception of a few of the Democrat and Republican elites out there that, that sort of saw us out on the distant horizon uh, or rabble rousing out here in, yep. in the Keene area, and uh, and now it is they're in full defense mode and full attack mode. The people in in the world of statism, in the the big government world here in New Hampshire, they are l- pulling out all the stops, and there apparently are is a lot of money coming in from national organizations like the uh, the NEA, which is the teachers union. And other big uh, groups, there is the one that George Soros funds that's called Granite State Progress here. It's a uh, progressive activism group here that's been trying to out free staters on the ballot for the last decade, roughly. And they now have an anti-freedom uh, podcast that they recently launched as really? well. Yeah, wow. that's right. Yeah, they're trying everything. Mm. I'm, I have to say, I'm amazed at how how much has changed just in the last six years that I've been here. Yeah. It's like they, they've gone from, you know, like, you know, a small hate group in Keene, as you were saying, which which is actually basically no more. And um, I think it's, I think there might still be a facebook page or something like that that's but, it yeah um, that's really it exist and uh to like you know all of these organizations like actively working uh getting being set up uh and you know working against us and money coming into the state from you know out of state and it's it's just you know and then and then and then it's and you know it's getting real when they start to protest you and start to s- yeah. smear you and spread lies and all sorts of stuff it's it's cra- it's really kind of crazy it's like but it kind of makes me smile I yeah think, it just warms my heart it's like oh we're finally part of the you know we're part of the club we're part they of the big ignore boy club yeah it's yeah. It's, it's we're unavoidable at this mm-hmm. point uh, because we've in had Soviet so many successes. America, government protest you. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely what's happening. <laughs> they, they're seeing, you know, from e- each election cycle, we end up with more and more uh, free staters getting elected. Right. And, and they're sick of it. And they're right, sick of it. And, and they're going like, to do everything they can to stop it. There, There's a lot of, of quote unquote news uh, coverage. There's opinion pieces in mainstream news uh publications that are coming out and trying to out the free state project like now's the time that the the new hampshireites are going to learn about the free state project and they're not going (laughs) to like it and so this is one of those articles uh by a man named gary reno from indepthnh.org he is apparently their state house bureau chief so he's like the uh, the denizen that uh, sits in the little press room in the state house and taps out reports about what's going on the local prostitute yeah Uh, He says this, American writer and civil rights activist Maya Angelou wrote, quote, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time, unquote. 
However, it's one of the hardest lessons to learn, but New Hampshire citizens may be beginning to understand what Angelou meant. Nearly two decades ago, former Governor Craig Benson welcomed members of the Free State Project into his office and urged them to use New Hampshire as their home base in their quest to influence a small state's political system and reframe government to their goals. What the Free Staters were exposing was nothing new, perhaps a little more radicalized libertarianism, but what was new was the attempt to reformulate the state's political and governmental structure into their own design. Huh? That hasn't happened. I mean, isn't the whole reason the Free State, or the the Free State, right, New Hampshire, was picked was because, uh, I mean, they were, they were already going mm-hmm. in the direction that we wanted. It wasn't like, you know, right. we came in but- and... But like every place, they also had the communists trying to mm-hmm. trying to make them be communists. And the thing that communists can never bring themselves to do uh, is go live with other communists. They mm-hmm. want to have there needs to be a producer know, around. Yeah, they need to have productive people to rob. So they're not like us. They can't just go somewhere and produce stuff themselves. They, they're parasites. Uh, Jason Sorens, then a doctoral candidate at Yale University, who now is at St. Anselm College, which is in New Hampshire, devised the plan and envisioned that 20,000 people with like ideals would be enough to influence a small state to move in the direction of libertarianism. Although their numbers are not yet close to the 20,000 on the ground in New Hampshire, uh, we're barely even at a quarter of that, honestly, it looks like, but uh, the group and its leaders have taken over the Republican majority in the New Hampshire legislature and achieved far more than anyone could have imagined in the past two years i mean there's your there's your, there's your endorsement line yeah i mean right yeah i mean what, what is that telling you because that's nobody telling... realized how many people in new hampshire already loved liberty yeah that's that's just telling me that the, the population here supports us because we wouldn't have the numbers that we do if it wasn't for that uh, but you see the message that these people have is that you voted for these people but you didn't know who you were voting for you just voted for them because they were republicans they were acting as though they were republicans but they really are here to destroy your state government and you didn't want that well hold on a second and so you need to protect protect your uh your 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 freedom by voting communist so wait a minute that's gonna work correct me if i'm wrong here but isn't the largest like voting block independence not republicans or democrats in New Hampshire? Yes, yeah. you are correct. So, so. But Democrats have to pretend that everybody agrees with them. Mm-hmm. So why would they think that, you know... <laughs> well, look, it is true. I mean, it's not untrue to say that there's a lot of straight-ticket voters out there, that there are a lot of people that just go in. Even, you know, some of the independents are probably more straight-ticket than we, we would want to admit, but we don't know for sure, right? Like, that's just mm. me speculating. It's just the way kind of people are. Uh, but you're right. New Hampshire's voters are unusually independent compared to a lot of places, and it is the plurality of New Hampshire voters that are independent. And if you cannot get the independents to vote for you, you're not going to win the election. That much. Yeah. That's all true here. So what they're trying to do is they want to make sure that voters know that they're voting for free staters instead of establishment Republicans. And that's what the, their whole outreach project is in this election season. And it's an interesting thing because it yeah. will result. The establishing Democrats, when it comes down to it, they actually love the you establishment know, Republicans. I, I have to wonder. Because they never challenge them. They never really change anything. Correct. I have to wonder if this might not just backfire on them it when might. you have 60% of the population who doesn't who clearly is saying by being independent. Mm-hmm. Because it's harder to be independent. Yeah. I don't agree I mean, with either what party. What do they think they're going to do? 
too. Get the get Republicans to vote differently in in the primaries, or are the Democrats going to come vote in the Republican primary well, and abandon likely. their own primaries? That doesn't seem that likely. I don't think most Democrats yeah. are willing to put the Republican mark on their sleeve, even if it's just to try to sway an election. But mm-hmm. I think they do want to convince. I hesitated. They do want to convince the Republicans to support the Republican establishment candidates instead of the Free Staters. The and, thing is, the Republican base hates the Republican establishment. Interesting point, and that's why this is going to be a very interesting election, because this is really the first time they've put this much effort and this much time and money and media into promoting. Basically, they're promoting the Free Staters. They really are. They're they're outing the Free Staters, and they're talking about their ideas. They're destroying. We think podcasting our full radio show has been holding us back. Most podcasts aren't two hours long per show, and the constant resetting we do for radio might be turning off podcast listeners. Riley's Daily Digests have been going for years, so we're going to lengthen them and make them our official podcast starting September 1st. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll continue, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. FTL Amps will continue to receive the full radio show with no commercials via podcast through Patreon, so please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Free Talk Live, you can join us here. Just dial in at 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160. We're in the middle of uh, one of the hit pieces that has come out recently against the Free State Project. They're coming fast and furious now. They sure are. They're getting desperate. They know the uh, the primary for the uh, Republicans and Democratic parties is just a few weeks away. I think it's about three weeks out uh, at this point, and they're they're desperate. They want to convince Republican and independent voters to vote against free stater candidates and any secessionist uh, candidates as well. So this is really going to be an important election to see how many of these candidates are not going to be defeated. How many mm. of them make it through? Because it, you know, I don't know what I don't know what kind of an effect this is going to have. I want to believe it's going to have the effect you're thinking it's going to have, nobody, and that is it's going to backfire because mm-hmm. they're just going to inform New Hampshire voters who are overwhelmingly in favor of freedom about who the most freedom-oriented candidates are. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting ready for an increasing number of represent rendered, uh, yeah. increasing number of representatives this uh, next election cycle. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if if we had some modest. Uh, losses this time mm-hmm. this time around because the opposition is new. Um, I don't I don't expect to lose anywhere near uh, anywhere near everything. But I would you know I'm prepared for the idea we may lose a couple people. I mean, there's got to be a first time, right? Same, at the same time, uh, I think in the long run it is going to uh, going to backfire mm-hmm. and. What's what's going to happen in the long run, and we're slow to do it because uh, because organizing libertarians is like herding cats. But you know, eventually, we're going to have to start 
taking on the same, not the dirty tactics they use, but taking on some of the tactics they use. Start sending out some mass mailers to give them the real poop about what we believe mm-hmm. uh, and start marketing our brand. They actually um, do a decent job, though, and that's where the whole backfiring thing comes in. This mm-hmm. isn't the first time they've done this thing. They, they've done well, it for years where they'll target a free stater and they'll mm-hmm. send out, they'll spend the, I don't know, $20,000 or whatever to, to print up a direct mail campaign and then direct mail things to every household or every voting household in a given town. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll spend money on a full-color, 8.5 by 11 glossy flyer to out the free stater and talk about how they want to defund government programs or whatever and it's just like okay yeah that's great now we didn't have to spend that money you yeah, know thanks, we want them true. to spend thanks that. for marketing our but candidate it, for yeah. us but there but there are things there's a lot of lies they put out there that are important to they do. Uh, they do, yeah. Yeah. to cover for example uh somebody put out a list of uh churches mm-hmm. in new hampshire and it makes sense. A lot of people are moving mm-hmm. to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. We've got a lot of atheists, but we've also got a lot of religious people. Right. And different people have different tastes in churches. So one of the things that they put in there is a column that said how woke they are. Okay. And, you know, I like personally a certain amount of woke. I happen to be a member of a sexual minority. And I, uh, you know, I, if I was shopping for a church, I would not be shopping for a church that would be telling me that, that I'm going to hell. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, my, the idea in my church is who you have sex with is about the least important thing you need to know if sure. you want to determine how moral somebody is. But um, there, there are exceptions, obviously. Doing it abusively is, is, is another consent matter. involved would be but, the most important but, question. But the thing is, so, uh, you know, some people might see uh being i mean and there are definitely places that that would be too woke Mm -hmm. for me but uh but they're trying to frame it like oh we're trying to inspire violence against these churches so if nothing else like i really think that we should uh send out a a mailing for example maybe from the shire free church Mm. um to all the pastors who are mentioned on that uh on that list just to reassure them and say whatever you believe whatever ideas you promote we may not agree with what you say but we'll fight to the death for your right to say it let's go to the phones here where uh, you can say what you want major pain is on the line in michigan go ahead hey guys you give me a pretty good segue for my first two quickies okay um i've been a registered independent for just north or south of 40 years. And the only regret I ever had of doing that, in my state, some states are different, but that means I can't vote in like a Republican or a Democratic primary. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty much stuck with voting for whoever they stick in the can. Hmm. And that one is a little, you know, bad. In anyway, New Hampshire, you can uh, register as a Republican the day of the primary and change your registration back to independent the next day. Or you can do same the day. same thing. Same day. Uh, the the yeah. same day. Or you can do the same thing with the Democratic Party. So that's nice. You don't have to go through life with that stigma. Right. 
there's a few states like that, but you know, ours isn't one of them. Okay. Anyway, the second one is uh, <clears throat> this um, forgiveness on the student loans that uh, Biden's dangling as a carrot right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I've heard from smarter people than me that he doesn't have the right or the the ability to pencil whip this thing through like he has done so many things. This has to be actually voted down in Congress. Hmm, okay. And that's not going to happen until after the election. Ah, if, okay. If, if, if we get the red landslide that everybody's expecting, that ain't never going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be a red landslide. I know that that's what people thought, but then they, uh, the decision came out with Roe versus Wade, and that's going to absolutely turn out a lot of blue voters. So it's going to be a close call, I, know, I think. I know. It's, the the, the, the teeter counter is going back and forth a little bit yep. here, but... It, people are still PO'd. I think there's going to be more more on the red side than on the blue side. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, they only uh, have one right that they care about. So long as they can abort those babies, the government can make every other decision in their lives for them. So they're they're perfectly <laughs> set up to be one one issue voters. This must be the pitchfork people we're talking about. The pitchfork That's people. Yeah, it's an old joke. What's the quickest way to unload, unload a truckload of dead babies? With a pitchfork. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. How do you get a hundred of them into a car? La machine. That's an old, that's an old Nazi joke. Okay. Uh, anything else, Major? Yeah, the reason I called in was something I heard on another show, and some good reliable sources about the history of taxation. The first time we were taxed was by Jefferson because we had to have a few ships. The British were hijacking our merchant marines and stealing our ships and our sailors. We were having problems with the Barbary pirates, so we needed a Navy. So we paid for about seven ships, I think, and uh, after they were paid for, that tax was abolished. Well, the next time I think it came in, Trying to remember, I think I might be missing it. Wasn't there taxation under Washington because he was still president when the Whiskey Rebellion happened, right? No, Whiskey Rebellion was uh, under Andrew Jackson. No. I I remember correctly. Yeah, Jackson, Andrew Jackson was like a young lieutenant during the the Revolution. So he was prominent. Pretty quick. I'm pretty sure he was a major before the War of 1812. I think that happened before that. And uh, I thought he was a lot later because he did the Trail of Tears, which was almost Civil War time. uh, According to the uh, Wikipedia, the Whiskey Rebellion was during uh, 1791 to 1794 during the presidency of George Washington. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. And there was it revolved the uh, the whiskey tax, which was the first tax imposed on a domestic product. And, and if you want to know how I uh, happened to do that, it was the writings of a great libertarian author whose name is completely escaping me, but he wrote uh, The Gallatin Paradox and The Probability Broach. El Neil Smith? El Neil Smith, yeah. He wrote a bunch of alternate histories about that timeline that involves the Whiskey Rebellion. That's how I knew. Well, anyway, uh, it's, it's a shame that they did the whole buying ships with tax money because, look, if you need to guard your ship, you should hire some private guards and and increase the price of your products. I like that idea. You don't need the military doing that stuff. Thanks, Major. More coming up. Free Talk Live.
Free Talk Live. You can join us here if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And I want to say thanks to Scott, who's a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. He's gold level, which means he's doing uh, 10 bucks a month. Thank you, Scott, for helping us out there. That's uh, over at amps.freetalklive.com. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to help Free Talk Live Get the ideas of freedom onto uh, more radio stations and into other people's ears. And if you appreciate the work that we do, then you can help us with that, just as Scott has done at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. I was sharing with you a hit piece by somebody who works with a group called indepthnh.org. And i got to give these people credit. Uh, indepthnh.org actually did some of the best coverage of the the whole Karen situation this week. They covered it on more than one occasion. They covered it in advance. Most of the news media didn't cover it in advance at all. They did with more than one article by different uh, journalists. And uh, so this is a hit piece, but it's his opinion. Oh, sorry, nobody. Uh, you're still muted. Go ahead. They don't seem to be lying very much in, in, in the hit piece, though, which is a refreshing change. Well, I, I haven't gone through the whole thing, so we'll, we'll see what else they have to say here. In yeah, a moment. we'll see but, if they can keep that up. But I just wanted to give credit to them. Uh, you did an interview with them a few days ago, Chris. Uh, in depth nh well i mean i give him a quote <laughs> basically okay but they talked to you they yeah they, somebody had somebody had dropped your name to them saying that you were harassing or whatever t- trying to target karen outside of the uh the meeting that we went to on mm-hmm. wednesday yeah. I, i'll give them credit i'm definitely giving them credit in terms of at least they did actually send an email uh requesting comments now they did publish a story within Beforehand. 35 minutes i believe of me receiving the or what was it? Yeah, 35 minutes after I received the email, they published the report. So it's not like I really had any time to respond, but they did update it after. So To be fair, you're that's not the good. easiest guy to get a hold of. That's true. You don't have a phone number, basically. <laughs> if you if you don't have the two-way radio, you're not getting a hold of uh, of Chris here in any kind of decent amount of time. He's a business business owner. He's a busy guy. Uh, and I, 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 I mean, actually okay, got a yeah. message from Carla Garrick. I, Apparently, they contacted Carla yep. Garrick, and she was trying to reach you, but I didn't get those messages until much yep. later. So they tried in more than one way. It looked like. Yeah, to, uh, I mean, to I am you. on. I am on the internet. I I am on instant messaging platforms like at Matrix. Um, I'm, I'm sure, not out but there, the average but, reporter isn't going to be I, able to pick up. A I Matrix. do have an email, and yeah. you know, email is still a mainstream means of communication. So. Anyway, I'm giving them credit. Are you going to tell yeah. anybody what your email address is, though? Yeah, sure. It's public. Uh, Chris at ThinkPenguin or Chris at FreedomDecrypted.com. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, but I want to give them credit because they did reach out to you, they and did. when they did get in touch with you, they updated the story to, to ha- add a, add your quote to it. So, uh, and and then you informed me that the lady who you spoke with uh, wanted to get on the free keen email list, and I spoke with her about that. She definitely she, she did indeed. Um, so. She definitely seemed. Is more, there a free keen email list only for journalists yeah, on the she, mainstream media? Oh, well, yeah. oh, okay. Well, one thing I will say is she, as a reporter, definitely seemed uh, more reasonable than the typical reporters that I've talked to, and she I've, Seems concerned with being fair. Yeah, uh, it's nice if they actually talk about you or talk to you before they, instead of just you know misrepresent. A lot of people like like the Twitter idiots all seeing. Oh, they're all racist homophobes. You know, ridiculous. Never talked to one of us. Kidding? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. The Democrat. You know, this is going back to the Democrat thing. Uh, I forget what what uh, what hit piece it was, but they were talking about how we're like anti LGBT, and here I uh, free staters, and here I am. That's that. 
that I'm part of that group. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm gay. I'm a gay yeah. man, right? And like, I know a lot of gay. Actually, if, if anything, there's it's a lot of gay It seems like there's a gay disproportionate people are number represented right. in yeah. the libertarian there's, movement. Right. Because the, if you're gay and you have reasonable <laughs> ideas on economics, what are you going to do? Go become a Republican? Uh-uh. I'm, apparently, I'm a self-hating gay man, uh, according to the Democrats. Because you know, and you're right. It's it, there's a disproportionate number of uh, LGBT folks within the libertarian circles and mm. free staters. It's you know, so to say that we're like you know we we're we're some sort of hate group or something. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go on here. They, to- they they should go look at the uh, look at Pornhub. Um, <laughs> I'm here. I got more of this uh, this hit piece here. So this is from Gary Reno, and again, it's a. Uh, it's an it's an opinion piece there, and I suspect if somebody wanted to write a response, I bet you they'd publish it to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going on here, although their numbers are not yet close to twenty thousand on the ground in New Hampshire, the group he's talking about the Free State Project and its leaders have taken over the Republican majority in the New Hampshire legislature. Now, I don't think that's true at all. Uh, there's a few dozen free staters that are like f- maybe four yeah. dozen uh, free staters that are in the legislature. So it's not even barely 10 percent. No, and, and you know what they also are doing here? They're, they're confusing libertarians with Republicans. They're trying to mix and with match. liberty Republicans. Yeah, people yeah. who may vote, uh, you know, liberty on uh, some Republicans who vote liberty on some issues. Some issues. But that doesn't yeah. make mm-hmm. one a libertarian. No, they don't. No, but, you know, it's uh, if somebody agrees with us, you know. Three quarters of the time, Great. it's a lot better than having them having somebody in there who agrees with us one I, look, quarter. I don't disagree Absolutely. with you. I don't disagree with you, nobody. But there, it, when you take when you say libertarians, you know, are say anti LGBT, right? And it's it it wasn't the libertarians who sometimes, said whatever right, it was who, who yeah. are L, anti LGBT, and it's the Republicans who sometimes vote you know uh with the libertarians that doesn't make libertarians anti-lgbt yeah it muddles the issue and yeah. but that said the fact that they believe this that they believe that the libertarians have taken over the republican majority in the legislature mm-hmm. it's not true but that's actually what they believe yeah. yeah but the thing is if you have an evenly divided legislature mm-hmm. And and you bring in a vote that can swing back and forth. Yes, and That's vote true. for vote with the Democrats when they do something pro liberty, which yep. sometimes On they occasion, do, yeah. and and vote with the Republicans when they do something uh, pro liberty. You know, it doesn't take that much of a swing vote. To really control a lot of issues. Yeah, you can we, stop a lot of bad things from happening that way. That's you know, true. Libertarians have influence in New Hampshire. There's no doubt about it at the end of the day. A large amount. Right. We have a lot of... So we've we've right made that a massive progress over the last decade. However... We're not there yet. No. We don't control the state. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. um, they're acting did, like we do. If we did, there would be major changes. Yeah, we've had we've been mm. able to make minor changes, but not major changes. Well, you I don't, don't even it. know about but that. The way some we of these can do some major changes when you, the listener, get yeah. your butt right. off. Yeah, for sure. So uh, he goes on, including an expansive school. Cho- he's talking about some of the things that we've quote unquote done in the last two years. An expansive cho- school choice program that is costing the state an unexpected nine. $9 million in the first year of operation. He's What is he referencing? He's talking about the education savings accounts program which 
isn't quote unquote costing the state. It's giving parents their money back and letting them take that money to oh, a private right. school, a homeschooling yeah. curriculum, or an unschooling uh, project. And it really shows where democratic values are on ed- education because. If they're not able to push their ideas on your kids, then they feel like that money has been stolen from them. You owe them your money and you owe them your children. The teachers union doesn't like it. Yeah. uh, Because more kids getting pulled out of the government schools long term is going to mean lower funding for the government schools. This is oh yeah. This is such a conflicting issue with me because I don't want to see any of that money going to either the government schools or the parents. You know, but private, it was the parents that spent it in the first place. Right, I don't think that right, but the problem well, is it that was the taxpayers losing, who spent it in the first place. Most of those so parents, there's there's overlap with the parents, right. but there's no reason to believe that people are going to be getting back exactly what they paid no, in taxes. No, and that's the that's problem. Nobody that's will. the problem. You're losing money if you're giving the government money through taxes or they're taking it from you they and they're giving part of it back yeah, right? they're, they're a not cut. giving back what you put out even, even within just the yeah. subject or but that goes just to, that that goes to the point you made before and that is that we don't have enough radicals that are in right. the state legislature to actually abolish government schools that's right. the only solution that's, right. that's the libertarian right. solution. that's the libertarian solution the, the whole the whole you know homeschooling thing in turn or, or the school vouchers i guess but meanwhile is, they are supporting this the libertarians yeah. in the legislature by right. and large are supporting right. this program because it's, it's, it's certainly it's an improvement it's because these right. kids are going to learn to read and maybe they'll even learn something about economics I, I think it's i think i think the way to look at it from a libertarian perspective is that you're basically just giving back uh or at least this is how i look at it from any kind of program where i'm getting some of my money back i'm just getting back a small portion of the money they're taking me yes, they're stealing from me right of course mm-hmm. and i think this is a, sort of the same thing with the, the voucher program i'm not a fan of vouchers but i understand that they are just basically parents getting their money back it's not exactly a voucher. It's uh, it's basically a check that you can use for homeschool if you want to as well. So you don't have to take it to like a government approved private school. You can you can buy like the okay, Ron Paul or the Tom Woods homeschooling curriculum with this. Sure, sure. Uh, so or buy lab time when your kid goes to take chemistry. Sure, any of that stuff. Uh, there's more coming up here, and they're hopefully going to expand this program in the coming years. But the teachers union boy, are they not happy? Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here, bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you, it's Ian and Chris. And the nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And, of course, you can bring up anything you want here on Free Talk Live. We've been talking about the haters that are on the attack in a way like they have never been before in a well-funded, organized assault against the Free State Project and the Liberty Migration here to New Hampshire. They are acknowledging tremendous success. The quote from this article, we're not even you know halfway through at this point, in, in in-depthnh.org, uh, an opinion piece by Gary Reno, he says, the Free Staters have taken over the Republican majority in the New Hampshire legislature and achieved far more than anyone could have imagined in the past two years. So he's not even looking at the last decade and a half, which yeah. we 
we've had some amazing wins in that amount of time. Just the last two years, I, you know, I think he's I think he's spot on um, in reference to even just the last two years. It's been a good two years. Yeah, yeah um, no it, it, there definitely has been. A, and you know, but you know, what's funny is I mean, I think a lot of the credit actually goes to the Democrats, um, just in terms of COVID and all that stuff that's been going on too. Like, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying that we didn't have our own victories and our own successes, but I, I think it's been it's been it's like heightened in terms of the you know number of people moving and the amount of success we've had. Yeah, that's true. A it's, lot of people have come here because of the COVID crackdown elsewhere, uh, and even here he cites he actually cites COVID in his next uh, part of uh, you know the list of examples that he's given. Yeah. He talked about the the education savings accounts, and then he says also they passed laws prohibiting the sale. Or sorry, the state organizations, including healthcare nonprofits and businesses, from requiring COVID nineteen vaccines for workers or customers. Now he's not being clear with that. The rule said as long as they're taking funding from the state, okay. I believe was the mm-hmm. the qualification there. They are also responsible for restrictions on abortion services and eliminating gubernatorial powers mm-hmm. during a declared mm-hmm. emergency. And I don't know what he's talking I about. I wouldn't take any any credit for the abortion thing. Yeah, me I mean, I'm, I'm pro-choice. There are pro-life uh, libertarians. You know, it, it depends on when they feel that that rights uh, attach but i would say we're about 50 50 yeah there, I, I i don't know if i would say 50 50 but what i would say is that i i feel like most of the people who are pro-life that i would say are libertarian would also not try to pass a law in regards to that yeah so, well this comes mm-hmm. back around to a, a quote-unquote liberty republican right. who's with us on covid isn't going to understand that government prohibition doesn't work and they're still going to support restrictions on abortion because they're not actually libertarians right but these people <laughs> can't tell the difference right and right. it's not in their interest to tell the difference they don't want to be accurate in what they're saying they want to tar us with a broad brush yeah. and make it sound like libertarian are these intolerant it's, people. it's manipulative it's a smear it campaign it's it, there's there's you know, uh, there's some there's some bits of truth here and there about some of it and then some of it is just you know it's it's making it's it's trying to make people think that we're some sort of extremist version of a republican right. that's not really accurate it's more not at all it's more like mm-hmm. we support uh certain we we are definitely i think more pro lgbt i i think is sort of maybe the free way to phrase it um in in that that's probably yeah. more of a democrat type thing and traditionally and then, we've uh libertarians have always been LGBT friendly. Our yep. first vice presidential candidate was uh, was gay and openly gay. Um, I didn't even know that. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, I I just picked that up along the way. Uh, now somebody said to me uh, earlier today on Twitter, and I don't know if it's true. Apparently, it was a a libertarian, but he or no, it was Reddit. Uh, he said that uh, you know you really shouldn't talk about that now that the uh, now that the Mises Caucus uh, has so much representation. Do, have you noticed anything about them being anti-gay? Or uh, no, I mean, some of them of definitely. I don't personally yeah. agree with the whole trans thing but i don't i don't i, I don't see that fo- as- here's the thing i don't follow politics that closely a lot of that stuff i mean i am interacting with libertarians i'm not getting in super i might go to support a protest but i'm not gonna be getting involved too heavily with like 
different political groups, whether it be Republicans, Libertarians, Democrats, or something else. I don't believe the claims about the Mises Caucus being uh, anti-gay or... Anti whatever. I mean, where's the it's evidence? Like, yeah, that what's they are? the evidence? Yeah, show well, me the actual. Well, that's what I want to know. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's why I was asking you. Like, if if you'd gone around them and they'd say they'd said we don't want your kind around, never seen then that. then I would say, oh wow, that's that's bad, yeah. and I didn't know that. I, yeah, um, yeah no, I I've never seen that at all. I, I mean, it, look, I mean, here's the thing, like. There are people who are definitely like how do, how would I put it? They are either infiltrating or they are Republicans with some liberty and they're hanging around with libertarians. Yeah, I mean those mm-hmm. people exist. There's not a lot of them, but there are some, and I could see why somebody might get confused. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I certainly don't think that is. It, it doesn't sound to me like a mm-hmm. fair assessment. Um, just especially not of libertarians as a just in general let's keep going so he says and they were behind the efforts to stop discussions of racial or sexual controversial issues in the state's public schools but this year Mm. failed to move those prohibitions to public universities and colleges and what he's referring to there is a piece of legislation that as i understood it uh stops teachers in government schools uh government high school middle school elementary schools from teaching racism essentially like teaching kids to be racist teaching critical race theory which is basically hatred for uh for caucasian yeah and the teachers union is livid about this uh happening here because oh this is our freedom of speech it's like well no you work for the government yeah. And so the government gets to tell you what you can and uh, can't do. If you don't like but it, I'll send your you kids what, to a private school. If yeah. that if that voucher system keeps growing, then there are going to be more new private schools starting here. And some of them will probably be non-religious. Yeah, they should and, be. Uh, Teach CRT and there. I, cer- I certainly hope so. I wouldn't send this- my kids to a religious school. And so uh, hopefully they can get hired away from the public school system. And although private school teachers don't make quite as much money, uh, according to the uh, surveys that have been mm-hmm. done of them, they're, they're, they're happier. actually happier yeah. and more satisfied with their jobs. Mm-hmm. Than the public school teachers. Yep, they get more leeway to do it what they want to do as far as teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole the whole topic just it it just rubs me the wrong way to be quite frank. Because on the one hand, I am very much a fan of free speech, but on the other hand, you guys are right. Like it, it, it's this is one of these things where it's like the solution the solution isn't to ban i don't think the solution the i mean the optimal solution is not to ban it the optimal solution is to just get rid of the government schools right but they're not right. doing and, that they're um, not proposing that because they don't we, what we have right now is a problem where yeah we have quote unquote liberty legislators but they're not willing to go all in and they're, they're not, not in control willing. anyway right like they wouldn't be able to get anything passed i don't I think i don't think that if they that. were in control and they, they would also do it. have to look at their alliances cuz you have to cooperate in politics right. I mean, if you're going to get anything Right. Done. And this all goes back to especially if you're the minority. This yeah. all goes back to influence, right? You you may be able to push something on one in one direction or another. You might be able to block a bad bill or, you know, be the mm-hmm. voting, you know, the deciding and factor uh, yeah. into getting something good passed. But you're not going to be able to stop something that the Republicans and Democrats maybe agree mm-hmm. on right. or which which is probably more than you would think, because mm-hmm. otherwise we wouldn't be getting anything. Yeah, passed. I mean, Republicans and Democrats pretty much agree on 80 percent of uh, of topics. Whereas I'd say we we agree with with them with either group on about 20%. you know twenty to thirty yeah. percent. 
Uh, he says the group and its supporters have been successful at infiltrating not only the state <laughs> legislature, but also local select school and planning boards. Although they ran into a bit of a brick wall this spring in local elections when most of their candidates for school boards were defeated. The plan for what the Free State Project accomplished in New Hampshire in the past two years in the federal government over the past three decades and other states like Idaho, Texas, and Florida was developed decades ago after the Brown versus Board of Education U.S. Supreme Court decision when Virginia sought a way to avoid providing an equal education to black students? Huh? They're crazy, man. I don't know what they're he's crazy. even talking about there. They're try- all they're Maybe trying to do they is- tried to use vouchers for that. It's a, mumble, it's a bunch of mumble-jumble. Uh, yeah, to try and weird. associate us with racists. With racism, yeah. yeah. Uh, more coming up in moments. You can join us and bring up what you want here on Free Talk Live. Yeah! It is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. The number for you is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here tonight, Ian. And Chris. And nobody. And you can join us online anytime at freetalklive.com. If you want to help out the Crypto 6 movie producers, it's a Mexican production team that uh, is putting together a documentary film about the Crypto 6. They are looking to do some fundraising. I saw that you gave a donation, Chris. Oh, yeah, Uh, absolutely. Thanks for that. This this is an amazing trailer um, that they put out it's I pretty thought. good it's yeah, yeah like uh it's it uh it had some new content in there that wasn't in some of the other uh there was i think was there i don't know it wasn't a trailer but it was like a interview uh that was done that was also very good but this one i think i mean it, it's knocked it out of the water this was this was great i mean i can't imagine i can't even imagine what this is going to turn out turn out like in you know the full the full documentary i think they're looking to do some more shooting before they put something together oh, they'll have to. the the trial hasn't happened yet that, for sure that sort of stuff uh but if you want to help out with that you can go to uh movie.freetalklive.com that's movie.freetalklive.com i'll take it right to their fundraiser as we go back to your calls and thoughts we'll go with more of the hit piece here in moments penguin is on the line in virginia you're on free talk live go ahead penguin Hey guys, I heard you uh, brought brought up uh, school choice and uh, schooling alternatives, and it's a much better um, topic than you know basically what I was thinking about calling in about. Okay. So um, I just want to say I'm all I'm all for it. I'm all for um, multiple different levels. I'm all for uh, choice, market competition, innovation um, out of this like stagnant system. I mean, there's yeah, and just more innovation, more choice, and it's. It's really sad that it's such a polarized right-left issue. Um, for you know, for you know, in the right and various people on the left, for different reasons over the decades, have really solidified around this being an issue. Like the, the public schools are the their favorite institution. They're so strongly, strongly behind them, um, without any consideration of, of of any kind of alternatives or anything. They really, and the, the, the left especially, really holds these institutions dear. And, you know, this group of people um, want to maintain control of the schools. It's very important. And, it, and it's different reasons. But yeah. people come together, and they, and they um, have made this into a really right-wing issue. Now, the reason I support school choice, like I said, market competition, uh, innovation, the fact that there's just new ways to do things and new possibilities, 
Yeah, you don't get that not, out of government schools. You don't get innovation. You don't get uh, mm-hmm. new concepts. You don't get to try radical uh, new ideas of education. What nope. you do get is one size fits all. Yes, and, and, it, and, and it doesn't and do that that's, well. That's gets, the thing. If I was on, if I was on the left, I wouldn't want my kids getting the establishment party line because. You know that wouldn't that still wouldn't be my view. I, I wouldn't want them going to school with right wingers. It's it's consolidating or whatever. It's it's they're consolidating. And it's getting worse too because they're consolidating over the past. I don't know, 50, 50, 60, 70 years, they've consolidated education. So it used to be every, you know, there was a one room schoolhouse and then it became like, a, you know, a, a five room schoolhouse for the community or whatever. And then it started becoming county. They have these county schools, two or three county schools now. And, you know, they just they end up uh, now they've got a whole state system where in, in many places it's not a district decision like what books are taught in schools or, you know, mater- educational materials. It's a curriculum that is state mandated. So it's even worse. Yeah, and then and so for me, it's not like a, a conservative issue. I mean, it's it's for those reasons that I stated. It's not for um, the traditional, you know, conservative reasons of like anti-communism, uh, uh, tradition, the Christian church. I mean, I'm all for if you want to have a religious education to an extent. Um, I'm, I'm just in general, if you want to do that, that's a choice. It's a type of choice: homeschool, charter schools. Um, and it can be implemented in steps. I mean, I'm all for what I re- just vaguely remember Mark Edge being for. It can be implemented in steps. You don't have to remove the public funding initially. You don't have to remove – you don't have to – you need to just implement the choice and the competition first and break this kind of – this this logjam of this, like, I don't know, this impenetrable uh, state uh, government system that's just such a – such a I don't know mainstay institution in in the status. Yeah, it does need to be broken. I mean, that's where all the indoctrination happens. You got to get your kids out of there. The good news is, in most places, you can get your kids out of government school. You don't have to wait for them to be abolished completely. You can just go ahead and abolish it from your life immediately by pulling your kids out and choosing homeschool, unschool, or if you can afford a private school and you're into that. Because I think a lot of private schools are a lot like government schools, so you should probably just stay away from them too. Yeah, I've always been uh, very wary of, of of private schools, mostly because a lot of them are religious based, and they like even the ones. That that are not are often like there's still the whole concept still, of put a bunch of kids in a room yeah. all the same age and it just doesn't make any sense reality isn't like that when you get out into the real yeah. world you're not mm-hmm. only around people who are exactly the same age as you right like when you go into a workplace you're there with people who are from maybe as young as 20 to as old as 70 depending on where you're working and so you can learn things from the people that have been there a long time and teach things to the newbies you know i wonder how much Absolutely. that contributes to intergenerational uh Contempt. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Keep them separated. Yeah. Exist yeah. more in America than it does in many yeah, cultures. You know, they they like to split us up by wealth. You know, people who are that too. You know, yeah. right, right. Um, but they also do it by race. But I think you age might have a point a here. One. Age, yeah. age. You know, they try to do this age. I don't like. I don't think of it as. I don't know. It doesn't sound like ageism is the right word. But it yeah, can, it can generate ageism. I think. Sure, sure, sure. It it is sort of along those lines. Thank you, Penguin, for Any the call. Anytime they can, they can. Turn one part of the population against another part of the population. The people lose power and the government gains power. Fact. It's for your safety, though. Mm. Uh, The science is settled.
Back to the hit piece here. Pulitzer Prize-winning economist James M. Buchanan, often called the architect of the radical right, proposed a propose, developed a proposal for school choice that also included a vision of government as a fee-for-services enterprise instead of broad-based taxation. He had the financial backing of many of the wealthiest moguls in the country. Together, they envisioned... Must have been nice. If I could get some financial banking from some wealthy moguls, we'd see some real change. Together, they envisioned an oligarchy where they would make the decisions... Not the citizens of the country who always voted in their own self-interest for things like public schools, social safety nets, and other hallmarks of Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal. Well, you do realize that if other people can choose the kind of schools that uh, that their kids go to, you can do the same thing. If you want to start the Critical Race Academy mm-hmm. and teach your children that they're horrible because they're white, you can do but that. But then they wouldn't get public funding for it and be able to bilk every well, single person. Well, for now, they would because they'd be eligible for vouchers just <laughs> like people on the right are. You know, you know, you know what they, they need to start some schools that are more to their liking mm-hmm. than the public public school you've got the republicans and you got the democrats right and you, you, and obviously this isn't perfectly clear cut but you've got the republicans stereotypically you know giving money to big businesses right and it's and there's billions and billions of dollars going to that right but what they're doing is they're buying votes but then you got to look at the democrats and they're doing the same thing they're just doing it for a different group of people uh what was it the call- and free college them a lot cheaper yeah they're, they're trying to give money to the college the college kids now uh mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. twenty thousand bucks for a vote yeah for the loans like they're trying to get rid of the mm-hmm. loans uh well they're paying uh ten thousand i think or something like that too mm-hmm. People with federal loans specifically. They're crediting Right, that. right. But who's uh, paying for that, right? That's going to be us taxpayers. Up. Free Talk Live. The phones are open. If you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Six zero here tonight. It's Ian and Chris and nobody. We are getting into uh, this article here, which is really kind of turning into a leftist conspiracy theory piece, where he's getting into <laughs> uh, this guy from indepthnh.org in and in an article that was purportedly starts by attacking the Free State Project goes off on uh, a tangent, saying that this is all part of some long long existing plot by the ultra right and we can continue with that here in just a moment uh but again the whole idea of con- uh conflating the libertarians it, with the ultra right is not fair of course that's it, not who we are it really sounds like a conspiracy piece and it, it's interesting it because i'm I'm used to hearing it I, I feel like i hear it more from the the right than mm-hmm. the left but this definitely they have their own conspiracies yeah, yeah. They, they one of the long-running ones i mean we got six years of conspiracy theories about the trump white house out of cnn and msnbc mm-hmm. yeah that's true uh, we're going to continue in a moment. Sarah, though, is on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm happy to hear that we're going to be getting one of the speeding cameras will be placed on Tinkley and Central with that seven-year-old, um, I think his name was Chaparilla, but, um, got killed going to the Christmas River celebration. You know, it's at the biopark, and uh, some guy was speeding and run the red light and killed him. So 
they're going to get a speeding camera, and then they're going to do other things to make it more pedestrian safe. Okay. So, Sarah, I just don't think that having a speeding camera up is going to stop someone from speeding and running a red light. Like, what makes you think that one thing will lead to the other? Well, you know what? What they really need is I would like the full-fledged red light camera. That will help. But it seems like people don't like those as much as they'll tolerate a speeding camera. That'll just get you for speeding. So that's all we got to work with, and maybe they're going to make the crosswalk a lot more um, painted, brighter painted, or um, more visible, or have more signs that's coming up or something. So, yeah, I you know, think what you don't really understand is that most people who are breaking traffic laws don't really care about the law, right? Like, that's why they're breaking the traffic laws. They don't, they're not worried about it. They don't care about it. You think getting a ticket right. is going to dissuade people from running a red light or from uh, speeding? It's, it's like thinking it's that a serial killer is going to uh, stop having weapons if you well, outlaw. I think what most people don't understand is that you know laws and, and tickets in particular, they may have a, a, a short, very short term effect on somebody's driving or whatever, right? But in the in the a little bit longer term, right? Like over the course of days or weeks or months, it they just go back to doing what they were doing previously, right? Which is breaking the law. And most people, when they break laws, they're not thinking about the penalties of that law that they're breaking or that they're even necessarily breaking a law. So and this idea that you can pass yet another law or put up yet another speeding camera in order to make us safer is really a, a fallacy. And the other thing is people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in doing what they do because they think they know what other drivers are are going to do. And the reason that that I believe that is there were a few cities in Europe that removed all of their uh traffic signs all of their all of their street lights all all of that nonsense and and basically said you guys figure it out and the thing is because nobody knew what anybody else was going to do they did have to slow down and pay attention mm. to what was going along going uh going on around them so maybe if the government was doing less of people's thinking for them people would turn their brains back and, on. And sometimes people are just overloaded with the number of signs or laws or rules, right? So it's not even necessarily that, you know, getting rid of all signs is bad. It's it's just the reducing the number of signs. It's overwhelming. You yeah. can't possibly yeah. be aware of all of them. And there's actually an interesting detail that Sarah didn't mention. And thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. That Sarah did not mention about this story. I did look it up. I was like, all right, what were the exact circumstances here? How did this happen? This young boy was hit by an ATV. So it wasn't even a car <laughs> that was barreling down and hit this kid. He was hit and killed by someone driving an ATV. And how many ATV drivers even like when you get one of those things, you don't really th- probably feel like you're a, a you know part of the whole rules of the road, right? Like you're an ATV, you can go anywhere. You're driving in Are those licensed know, or I don't even know. Probably in most states. It wouldn't surprise me if they are, but okay. I, I don't know. I've never I know, uh, I've never owned I know one. not every like bike with a motor on it if it's like 50cc or less, mm-hmm. like that those aren't licensed, I don't think usually. Depends These, on the state. Yeah, it probably would depend. Yep. 
But, you know, these guys are used to going anywhere they want to, right? Like, they can go over uh, tough terrain. It's an right. all-terrain vehicle. And so, like, the roads, they probably don't think of them in the same way as your average driver would even think of it. Mm. So I just don't. I, I, I'm even less likely to believe that a red light camera or a speeding camera is going to do anything about an ATV driver. And, and besides, how fast can those things go? I mean, I imagine some of them could go pretty fast. But and, and do they even have license plates on them? You already asked that question, and I, I don't think any of us know. Hmm. I'm not sure. Well, I don't think I asked about the license plate. I think he was oh, asking about driver's licenses. No, like the physical license plate, because if it's some sort of camera that's like mm, ticketing, yeah. it, it won't ticket uh, ATV. If Another good no, question. If there's no license plate. So anyway, that's, I think, an interesting aside on that particular story. Uh, again, thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. So do you guys want to hear more of this conspiracy theory? Yeah, sure. Okay, so <laughs> he was talking about the schools, government schools trying to turn uh, the right wing, he claims, is trying to go with school choice. And he says, together they envisioned an oligarchy where they would make the decisions, not the citizens of the country who voted in their own self-interest. <laughs> now, see, schools. that's what I don't understand, because actually, if everybody had uh if if there were just no government schools and everybody who had kids to educate was just getting a check uh instead of having the government run schools which i think would be a big improvement then uh you know everybody would be able to choose start a school the kind of school that they want or make one if there wasn't the one yeah. you wanted you could you make one you wouldn't need to vote for you know what the best thing is and have your neighbor disagree with you which you is could, the best part you don't have right. to fight with people anymore right. there's no over more what you just yeah. over you it. do it that your way and they do it theirs it's called diversity i don't have to pay for you know my neighbor's you know uh kids to go to a religious school right uh and you don't have to pay for you know my kids to i don't know go to a non- I don't know. And I'm glad a non-government you, school or whatever. I'm glad you brought that term up, nobody. Diversity here. Something that the group of people on the left supporting government schools has always clamored about that they support diversity. But not in the case of schools. They want the one-size-fits-all government school with the one-size-fits-all curriculum. They want to mm-hmm. shove down everybody's throats. Well, they they want diversity until they have enough control that they think they can make it their way for everybody. <laughs> and then they don't want diversity anymore. Mm-hmm. Then it's their they, way or the highway. What they want is votes. <laughs> well, they want votes, they but want they control. also want yeah. control. Uh, and but, but they want the being votes able to, get to control. indoctrinate kids uh, gives them a lot of control. He says, in essence, they wanted a new kind of feudalism where they would control almost all the wealth or at least be able to keep it while the proletariat would have little opportunity to advance. What is this idiot talking about now? Is he still talking about schools? schools? Yeah, he's saying that the rich people would keep all their money and the poor people wouldn't be able to, to move forward. Well, I mean, back in the day, actually, we, we have examples of uh, what happened when there was a group of people who didn't have access to the government uh, schools, which was after the uh, just after the Civil War, the black community wasn't getting a fair shake in the public schools. They started their own schools, and some of them were excellent, and it mm-hmm. led to a huge wave of prosperity that included things like Black Wall yeah. Street. More coming up. Most of the free talk live. that was hidden.
It's Free Talk Live. Phone's open if you want to join us here at 603-283-6160. We're reading a statist or leftist conspiracy theory surrounding government schools and the idea of abolishing them entirely. Uh, which, of course, some of the first steps in that direction have been school choice or school vouchers and things like that. And uh, as you guys are, were pointing out, the, the teachers' unions, the people that claim they want diversity, they don't actually want that. They want to have total control over the education system. I, I also want to point out, this is, this is for the benefit of everybody. This isn't for the benefit of the rich. It's like, because that's the projection. That's like what they're trying to suggest. Well, they're trying to suggest it because the idea is rich people pay more taxes. Right. And so therefore poor people well, benefit because the rich <laughs> people are essentially subsidizing them to go to I mean, school. Well, I mean, this is, that's but with a voucher program, they still are. That's kind of it's kind of weird though, because the rich may individually pay more in taxes up to a point, and then there's also they definitely do. They live in bigger houses, so they they pay more in taxes. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, some of property the, some, taxes are the bulk of what sure. funds. I mean, schools it's probably true they, they also they are better will, connected but, and better able to pay people off and better able to afford lawyers. So sure, but the, they but, might not pay that much more. But, but I think the point that I'm trying to make here is that the percentage of people who are uh, with the amount of money that's brought in by not the wealthy are going to be paying more in taxes than than the wealthy basically so so it you're saying the aggregate money coming mm, in from middle class or poor people is going to be more is going to dwarf yeah the, the rich. right right that's true but it's um, all about propaganda it's right. all about propagandizing people and saying oh see this is a the plan for school choice is just a way for the I rich mean, to i mean effectively what, what what i'm what, what i'm trying to demonstrate here is that if you steal the money from all of the wealthy right the top one percent mm-hmm. you're not actually going to be able to go very far with it in terms of like what you oh can yeah they do. have to steal from everybody yeah i mean if you stripped every billionaire in america down to absolutely nothing took their entire net worth yeah you would mm-hmm. end up with enough money to run the U.S. government for nine months, and then you'd be back where you started. Right, and this is this. But just, there would be all of those businesses would have been liquidated. Right, and, right. and, and there go those jobs. And of course, jobs you would have, have lost your job. Right. right. This is the whole point. Like it's like you you can the, the trying to pit the uh, middle class against the or the poor against the rich is just it's it's all it's doing is basically it's it's um. It's it's manipulating you yes. as, a, as a voter. That's what they're doing. Right. That's yes. what politicians do. Yeah, that's what they want to do. They want to turn groups against one another. And they also ignore the fact that government education is way more expensive uh, than a market education would be. Even mm-hmm. in the situation that we talked to Ian Underwood last weekend about Croydon, New Hampshire, where they tried to cut the school budget by 50%, the proposed cut would have taken it from $20,000 per student to $10,000 per student. and $20,000 yeah. per student? Yeah, and they looked and they said, what do the private schools charge around here? And the private schools were charging less than $10,000 per student. <laughs> so they were still talking about spending more than the private schools would spend, and people lost their, uh, their S over that. So back to this uh, hit piece here where he says the goal was to end public education, which was expensive and required way too much tax money for this group. They quickly learned their ideas were not popular and went underground, instead developing chairs and programs at universities intended to produce more conservatives and libertarians. The higher education programs were funded by the massive wealth of the oligarchs, including the Koch brothers, who were the key instigators in the plan to change America. And whenever you hear 
these leftist conspiracy theories. If it doesn't bring up the Koch brothers, you know, <laughs> it's I'd not be a real shocked. leftist. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know when I'm getting some of that sweet, sweet Koch money because uh, I, I keep Has hearing anybody reached that the out to them. Maybe they really would send I, us some money. I, if I we know asked. one right? of them's like, dead. <laughs> um, but no, like seriously, like they keep saying that like the Koch brothers are funding this and that, and I'm like in the protests, and I'm like, where is my Coke money? Yeah. Uh, what I understand about those those people, and again, there's supposedly only one Koch brother left, is they're not so much libertarians as they are conservative types. You know, they get a reputation for being libertarian. So why would they fund the libertarians then? There's no evidence they are. I don't know if that's if that's the case. Uh, Supposedly, they're, they're good on drugs. I know. Are they okay? Um, yeah, they're definitely anti-drug warriors. They're, well, I got uh, the understanding that they were like these family values conservative types because mm. they apparently were. The theory is that they did fund the Free State Project, but they wanted the Free State Project to disassociate with certain people before <laughs> they would send them uh, money. Uh, maybe, but I don't know. the The other thing that I know about them that I that I really liked was uh, Coke Industries uh, was one of the very first companies to take the "Have you ever been convicted of a felony?" box oh, really? off their job applications because they said so many things are felonies in America now that it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean anything, anything. anymore. Mm. The plan took decades to achieve, but we're now seeing fruits of their labor. Although only one Republican president has won the popular vote since 1992, Republicans have largely controlled Congress and a majority of state houses around the country. All of this is explained more precisely in Nancy McLean's book, Democracy in Chains. In New Hampshire, free staters began winning seats in the legislature once they began... They, They really think that if it's real democracy... Their party will win every race. Mm. And if their party doesn't win every race, it's not real democracy. Mm, Yeah, I hate to break it to them, but there are actual conservatives out there. In New Hampshire, free staters began winning seats in the legislature once they began migrating here, but were few in numbers at first and hid who they were. The number of free staters and those with like beliefs in the legislature grew, and the 2020 election produced a number significant enough to control the GOP caucus and to make free stater Jason Austin uh, Osborne, the House Majority Leader. Now, that last part is true. Jason Osborne mm-hmm. is a free stater, and he really is the Republican Majority Leader in the State House, which is an amazing success story from a political mm-hmm. perspective. Uh, he also used to be a sponsor here on Free Talk Live many years ago. Yeah. The group also developed strongholds around the state, including Keene. Yay! Strongholds? We have a stronghold in Keene? You could have fooled me. Uh, In the Grafton-Croydon area, in Hudson, Manchester, and Belknap County, where four of its representatives were among the 13 voting in favor of CACR 32, which proposed New Hampshire's secession from the United States to become a sovereign nation. The legislature was not the only venue for radical libertarians to push their agenda. This spring, a snowstorm uh, held attendance at the Croydon school meeting to about 35 voters. Now, according to Ian Underwood, who we interviewed about this uh, within the last week or so, he says it was a pretty typical turnout. It wasn't because of snow. <laughs> it's just that's just the way these things go. I'm going to skip that part because we did talk in detail about Croydon and what happened there. And then he gets into the gunstock situation, which got uh, uh, brought up earlier. He said, led by certain reps, including Mike Sylvia, who's a free stater, the delegation appointed commissioners. And a great guy giving them a majority 
and then they don't believe the government should own ski areas and has instead pushed for a private company to take over operations of the ski area and recreation facilities and has sought greater control. Lawsuits have been filed and contentious debates Doesn't with the public. Doesn't that mean that as government officials they're seeking less control if they want somebody else to run it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Lawsuits have been filed and contentious debates with the public have darkened what the commission envisioned several years ago as a bright future for the ski area. The last week, uh, the management resigned in mass, giving their 20-day notice only to show up for work the next morning to learn they'd been fired and the locks were changed. Now, apparently, this has been uh, mostly undone since that time by these busybodies who somehow got involved. But again, like we said earlier, it's a complex situation and we're not, we don't live in that area. So we haven't been following it as closely as people that might be out there. The concern has spurred a bipartisan group to form a political action committee to target some of the more radical Belknap representatives who've pushed for greater control and a private company to lease gun stock. The County nursing home has also been impacted by the delegation's decision. See, they just want to leave old people out. Out on the streets so they can't even get their pills and sleep uh, at night. Uh, I don't know. I've eaten a lot of government food. I, I went to mostly public schools and then I spent some time in jail. And I'll tell you what, I'd rather get my food just about any place but the government. Their food is awful. Why is the government running a nursing home? Why is that happening? It's a thing that happens in New Hampshire? Because it's an opportunity for them to uh, pay off their cronies. He says the local government, or newspaper rather, is full of edi- letters to the editor about the situation, and larger publications like the Boston Globe have taken an interest in the controversy. But it shouldn't be a surprise what these folks want. They said it before they began arriving here 20 years ago. Personal liberty, low or no taxes, no regulations, and small or non-existent government. They haven't changed their Sounds views. Sounds good to me. But perhaps yeah. the majority of New Hampshire citizens are changing their view about them. Look, why would anybody be against not paying or not like like uh, keeping your own money why would you be against that why would you be against making 50 percent more or 100 percent more well than what you currently the make? same reason that a tick would be against a system where we all keep our own blood mm, yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. and so that's the story uh i'll post the link up on our social media at social.freetalklive.com you can see it for yourself and we will see you tomorrow night you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com Mark Edge, Free Talk Live here at Freedom Fest. I have with me Holly Ward from People for Liberty. And Holly, tell me about People for Liberty. So People for Liberty, it was actually born out of Joe Jorgensen's campaign in 2020. She ran for the Libertarian Party, and she realized that everybody was very segmented. She wanted to bring everyone together, and how do you start having a greater conversation? So we built ourselves as a visitor center for the Liberty Movement. And if someone's interested or curious or wants to learn more or do more, all we do is meet them, introduce ourselves, and see what their interests are, and connect them to thought leaders and experts in the movement area. So people go to the website and then just talk about what it is that they're interested, uh, you know, you know, fill out a form or something and find out what they're interested in. How's this work? So we have a website, peopleforliberty.org, with the number four, but we also have tons of digital community groups. So anything for liberty that's on Facebook or Twitter or uh, TikTok. Uh, so, you know, Republicans for Liberty, Democrats for Liberty, Independents for Liberty. The message is really liberty and freedom. And so we have groups where we talk about things that are safe spaces. Uh, we have Women for Liberty, where we talk about women-centric issues and people that are interested in that one area. As the conversation grows, so does their 
thought process, right? And they learn more about liberty and freedom and they connect and grow with communities there. So liberty seems like a great you know, thing to concentrate on, but I mean, haven't, hasn't it become a buzzword that uh, kind of sets a dog whistle, as it were, that uh, some would say, that somehow it indicates negative things to, to some segment of people? I don't particularly like those people, but uh, you know what? it seems like some people are just, oh God, you just said the word liberty, that's it, I've shut down. Absolutely. And so I've heard this before. And, you know, if liberty is a dirty word or a dog whistle, uh, I'd like to point people back to the Constitution. What I hear the most is it's a dog dog whistle for the alt-right. And I'm certainly not an alt-right person. And I find the more that I talk to people about liberty and freedom and introduce topics that are maybe counterintuitive to that thought process, like qualified immunity or ending the war on drugs or immigration reform, the more you have those conversations around the ideas of liberty, you can start to tear down the principles. I'm not going to stop saying the word liberty just because the mainstream media isn't isn't in tune with my beliefs or thoughts. But no, I think the more you talk about it and the more you put principles behind it, you can start to really change and reform and open people's eyes that the, the idea and fundamental principles of liberty aren't what's being shoved down your throat by CNN and MSNBC in a scary way. When somebody attacks verbiage, I think the best thing to do is go to verbiage. I mean, this is if this is going to be an argument of semantics, let's define terms. This is what the Socratic method suggests. And so far, uh, this 2,000-year-old method is still the best one we have for communication, like real communication, not twisted um, propaganda that people see all the time. And, and we're so susceptible to it. You know, we're not a logical beast. But ask them to define what liberty means to them. And why is it so scary that other people can have their own opinions? If their opinions are good, then presumably they'll get some traction. If their opinions are bad, then they shouldn't. But if you think that somebody shouldn't be able to speak just because they have an opinion with which you disagree, chances are you're the problem. You're conservative by a um, historical standard. It's interesting that the liberals are conservatives these days. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's certainly been a lot of crossover. One of the favorite things that I've seen recently is the, the my body, my choice argument. And so you see that on one side with the pro-life, pro-choice. But then you see the vaccination conversation. And we use that a lot in our moderation tools to not dictate what to think, but to shape conversations and let people kind of get to that space in their own way. And by having these guiding conversations, no one ever thinks about it. And I think we've gotten away from talking, right? We've gotten to this really polarized you know, one side or the other, we have to hate each other no matter what. The more conversations you have and introduce these, I guess I'll say taboo topics, but introduce them in a Socratic way instead of a dictatorship or authoritarian way, boy, having those conversations, that's our number one success marker. When we talk to people and meet people in person, we do in-person events as well, that, that's what they say really changed their mind, is that the conversation. I don't know how we got away from talking to people, but I certainly think that we need to talk to people more and shake your neighbor's hand and sit down over lunch. And you don't have to agree, but have a genuine, civilized conversation about it. They're, they're more productive, I think, than uh, the media wants you to know. So tell me about these events that you guys have. Where are they? What are, how big are they? Uh, you know, who's invited? How does it work? Sure. So we try to partner it with events that are liberty-centric and liberty-themed or might have a liberty space. So one example, we were down at Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin 2022 in Miami, 
And so we had uh, just different thought leaders in this space. We had Mark Moss, we had Joe Jorgensen, we had Lynn Ulrich, Ross Ulrich's mom from the Free Ross Project, uh, Jessica Vaughn. And so we bring people together and we, we make them small on purpose, no more than usually 25 or 30. And we do, you know, usually a breakfast or a brunch situation. And it's just genuine conversation. And we try to have tables where there's one, I'll say, thought leader. And then we, we have people, you know, just a, like here, a, an attendee. And they would come and talk, and usually at the beginning it's, well, I believe in, in yellow, and I don't like the color blue. Great. Here's your thought leader. They're the leader of the, the, the color blue. And they're formative, and people leave with very different opinions and thoughts. You make people have that conversation. So each event is a little bit different based on what we're doing, right? At Bitcoin, we certainly had a, a cryptocurrency-based conversation. When we were at Students for Liberties. uh convention in, in Tennessee, we had more student-focused things and information. So d different different conventions know your audience, right? Different thought leaders and different people. So how do people find out more? Um, where do they go? I know that you said you're on social media, just to kind of list it off for folks. Yeah, sure. So peopleforliberty.org is our website with the number four. You can search for us. It's People for Liberty on, on every space. We Right, we have the handle. So Facebook, Twitter, just type in People for Liberty and we exist. Uh, and then we have a 501c3 that is getting soft launched, Home for Liberty, and that's homeforliberty.org with the exact same four. I mean, you can type F-O-R if you're really excited about it. But we're pretty easy to find. You can just Google us. We pop up first for everybody. Holly, thanks for your time. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com.